This is the Recorded Conversations Podcast, the podcast dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in an authentic, connected dialogue. I'm Danielle Kingstrom. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is really special, okay? I discovered my next guest through the TikTok, um, but I was really drawn to him. He just had a really positive energy. He had a calming energy. And honestly, his mission, it just spoke to me. His mission is very simple. What he is dedicated to is helping others live happily. And his microphone is his weapon of choice. And so he is a songwriter. He is a performer. He's also a DJ and an entertainer, but he's also looking for spiritual warriors. Right now, he is coming through a second awakening and really starting to pull himself out of the matrix. And so what his mission is, is to help other people kind of remove that veil from their eyes to see the world as it really is and to see themselves as who they truly are, which is not what society tells you you are. So in this conversation with my guest, Three, the entertainer, we talk about his spiritual awakening, what activated his awakening, and why he's on a mission to create a connected tribe of spiritual warriors. And so again, if you are stuck in the matrix and scrambling to find a way out, I think this is the conversation for you. We also talk about sound healing and how music can impact not only your energy levels, but your emotionality. It influences your spirituality. And so we bring up, you know, what we've probably all heard about, the Travis Scott concert, and even some responses that concert goers of Taylor Swift have been noticing is that energy has been really messing with people. And so then we get into discussing eroticism, connection to physicality, divinity, and reality. And three, share some intriguing ideas on how we can better sexually educate ourselves so that we aren't dependent on gratification and stimulation of sex, but that we can fold the layers of arousal into every dimension of life, which if you've been listening to me, you know, that's well within my philosophy. This was truly a phenomenally connecting and engaging conversation that I think you're going to love as much as I loved participating in it. We even get into this moment where we realize that sometimes conversations can be just as stimulating and gratifying as sex. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Before we get into the show, I just want to let you know, you can find 3 The Entertainer on Spotify. You can also find him on TikTok and on Instagram and Facebook. But you're also going to find out who he is right now. Listeners, as always, please compassionately consider the perspective of my guest, Three, the entertainer. Enjoy the episode.
get to all of it. Good. Motivation is good. Yeah, I had seen that you did a video about that. You were talking about like you had experienced this significant challenge, but it kind of Mm -hmm. forced you to recognize the importance of the now. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do whenever I'm challenged or see obstacles in my path is I kind of go back to that idea that at this very moment, this is all I have. And so Mm -hmm. I have to navigate just the now. So I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that's kind of one of your highlighted messages throughout your channel. Um, And so do you go by three? Yeah. um, Only when it's time to pay taxes. (laughs) Okay, cool. Cool. That's uh, the government name. But yeah, I I, I embody that that symbol. I love that. Um, I was born on the third and three's always been symbolically significant in my life. So I saw your name and I was like, listen, so that was pretty cool. So (laughs) let's, let's dig into this. Where, where do you reside from? Where are you at? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, Atlanta. Okay. Okay. And you are also the entertainer portion. So you Mm -hmm. perform, you sing, you write your own music. Yeah. So I would say the majority of the way I make a living, right, is uh, entertaining with other people's music, right? So as a DJ, MC, a lot of private events, um, the majority of my income comes from that. And then I have lots of music out that is streamed. Um, I perform oh. a lot of my music. I'm I actually sorry, slowed I down. The video wasn't even on. Sorry about oh. that. Oh, my gosh. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I took a pause somewhat, uh, especially with the awakening. I had a, a, a very intense spiritual awakening. About yeah, it's probably about five six months now. Um, so I kind of pushed my approach to music a little backwards, um, and wanted to get everything lined up with the spirituality. So I wanted my music now to kind of surround this new message. Um, so I am working on an album. I got about two or three songs out. I got another one coming out in about a week or so. But um, um, I'm when I go back out to start performing my music, and of course, you know, you make income from doing that. I want it to be lined up to, you know, my current state of mind. I don't want any conflict. I don't want any contradictions. You know, I want everything to be lined up. So I like that. So what activated the spiritual awakening for you? Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny um, because I've, I've considered myself always grounded in spirituality, but there was always a fear of the masses or the public being aware of my spiritual place, right? Because living in a Bible belt, grew up uh, in a Baptist environment. My parents always taught me to think outside the box. However, we lived and consumed a lot of our spirituality in the church. Um, mm. And then a lot of the people we were around were very, you know, Christian oriented and um, always felt like I had to pretend to be somebody else when I was mm. in a lot of these environments. Right. So, what ended up happening um, is I was running one day because uh, I'm an avid runner and I was behind on my schedule tremendously. Um, and while I was running, um, something started, whether it was spirit or the universe started telling me, well, why don't you just run like everything that you previously had on your schedule had already taken place. So like, don't even worry about the fact that you didn't do such and such and such. Just enjoy this moment and run like all that's been done. And slowly but surely, it kind of shifted my perspective for the day. And I got really entangled into the now. And it just became something that was like infectious. Like it just really permeated my day. My energy started shifting. 
And then my mindset just completely shifted within 24 hours. And I started having some very strong spiritual phenomenon. I'm talking about very deep awakening meditations. Um, my body had jolts that I, I was very fearful that I was about to have a seizure. Like there was some physical changes that was happening um, with this new realization and um, my significant other didn't know what the hell was going on, but she embraced it. And I would say literally the shifting of my mindset, really embracing like being at the moment drastically changed me physically and mentally. And that's what kind of sparked the awakening because I started being very present and I literally had no issues. Everything was beautiful for a good, I would say three or four months straight, no issues until I got very, very grounded back into the natural behaviors of a business owner. And, you know, I, I've never really had a corporate job ever. Um, so when you have to make quota every month, sometimes you go back to old techniques. To mm -hmm. do that. And mm -hmm. that's kind of what's been going on with me building the tribe now, having a location, you know, running the business. I find myself caught up in the past and the future. And that's where a lot of the conflict is happening again, because I know that is the problem. Sometimes in our 3D reality, we have to kind of jump yeah. into different realities. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I, I can relate to that so much, especially when I think I'm like going on this like forward trajectory and something will just pull you back and mm -hmm. you don't even realize that you fall into these old habitual mm -hmm. patterns. Mm -hmm. And so what is, what is something that you do when you notice that? Do you do meditation? So you just like take a break and be like, I'm just cutting it all out. What is something that you do that typically helps you get back into the present? Great question. And if you don't mind, I'm going to go in depth. Yeah, please do. Aspects. Yeah, please do. So I can tell you two approaches that um, I have. Um, one I consider to be healthy, one I consider to be unhealthy, right? Always have options. Yeah. Um, the way I used to do it before I embraced vulnerability and being open to others um, I used to cut everything off. It was mm -hmm. just kind of like, okay, this isn't working. I'm going to cut this person off. I'm going to cut this environment off. You know, I'm just going to cut everything off and become a hermit. Um, and I thought that was a healthy mentality for, for many, many, many years uh, until it started creating a narcissistic, uh, individualized human and totally different than who I am at my core, right? Um, so that's how I used to deal with it and it worked for uh, a long time until I looked in the mirror and said, well, who is this guy? This guy is ruthless, right? Yeah. Um, so now that I've um, experienced, you know, spiritual awakening, uh, I've done counseling too. I think counseling uh, and getting counseling, not from only spiritual people, but whatever you can get, whether it's professionally or just having some people that you entrust, you want to have a mirror, somebody that can kind of reflect some of your behaviors. So you can kind of take a look at yourself from a different angle. So, because of all that health-wise, um, I do a lot of meditating, a lot. If I am not meditating or if I'm not being active chemically, um, I'll get stuck in that place. So, like, I've got to meditate. I've got to be active and get those chemicals flowing. And I've got to be vulnerable to the people that I consider to be in my tribe. i got to tell them what I'm feeling so they can give me their perspective and kind of give me some different angles. So, just to kind of summarize, unhealthy, I cut everything off that was bothering me immediately, didn't care about who, who it was or what it was. I cut it off. Health-wise, now I meditate a lot. I'm very physically active to kind of get those chemicals flowing, and I'm very vulnerable with the people that I trust. 
That's awesome. Yeah, it's really, there's so many programs out there that tell people to just, if it's not working or if you're feeling a certain way or if it's challenging you to just be done with it. And I see Mm -hmm. more and more people jumping on that bandwagon. And I think, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, what is this doing? Because I I was the same way. I did that, Mm -hmm. right? I cut everybody out of my life. I can relate Mm -hmm. to the same thing, got very um, introverted and just kind of, and then I was feeling icky about that, right? Like I Mm -hmm. almost in a way you feel so disconnected, but you're not Mm -hmm. sure what it is. Mm -hmm. And so for a while I was like, it's just nature. I just need sun. I just need to go out. And then that Mm -hmm. wasn't, that was doing it, but it was like, no, I think, I think there's something to this. We're social creatures. We're supposed to commune with others. Mm -hmm. We have to learn how to adapt and collaborate with people, even Mm -hmm. if they push against us. And yeah, but the mentality right now, I think, I feel so disheartened by it because mm-hmm. everyone's just disconnecting and detaching from one another. And there's so much division. And what I appreciate about your channel, especially is you recognize that we're all one, we're all mm-hmm. energy and we're all connected. And when you try and tell some people that they look at you, like you're a little muddy, mm-hmm. they're like, I'm not you, but the beauty, I think this is what love does for us. Right. And this is what yeah. I've seen just in my own relationship with my husband is Sure. It's so transforming to the point where I look at my husband and I'm like, oh my God, you're me. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's kind of cool to come yeah. to that realization, but you can't get there if you're cutting everything out of your life. You are spitting so much truth. And for individuals like ourselves, we can we can talk about it from both sides. You know, you got some people that are very empathetic, don't know how to let go, you know, vulnerable to other folks, and they feel that it's a weak component. And then you have people like ourselves who were very skilled and still are at cutting people off and, you know, just being very individualized. But one thing that you pointed out that is so true is deep down inside in your core, you feel sick, disconnected or unhealthy, like something is off. And you're always, despite you might feel confident in what you're doing, you're very fearful of people's intentions and being around other folks like you don't ever feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I can't consider that to be a healthy place. And I I believe very strongly, um, like you said, that we are meant to be very social. We are creatures that want to be around each other. I mean, the COVID situation really warped yes. our culture even more, right? Um, and when I went through counseling on top of the spiritual awakening, one of the things that she noticed that I just thought was very interesting, she kept saying to me that she she can tell that I'm, I have a big heart. I'm a very compassionate person and I'm not allowing that um, that vulnerable person to come out because of trauma, fear. I mean, all these different things. And I, I wouldn't embrace it. Like, I, I'm like, yeah, maybe, you know, so, but the more awakened I got and the more I got connected with tribes, like really in I guess embodying that concept that we're not meant to be by ourselves. There's a tribe. There's people out there just like you that's waiting to connect. The more I, I, I got connected to that, the better I felt. I'm like, man, life has so much meaning. I would rather go back to the ancient times when we all had tribes and we'd go and have an adventure and go meet other tribes and we'll share yes. food. and straight like it's adventurous. I think that is we are at our core. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And so out of curiosity, sure. what is what is your position on this digital connection that people are making with one another. Do you think that's fulfilling enough to meet that kind of like tribe mindset and that social communal, or do you think that's 
something that we're using to fool ourselves to kind of keep the distance? You know, it's funny. Oh, great question. Thank by the you. Way. Great, great, great questions. I enjoy very stimulating questions. Um, I, I would say it's just a sign that we are truly in the matrix. Mm. I've, I've really embraced that, that concept. Um, things are so digitized. Um, our way of connecting, it's, it's so just digitally in, in embraced, right? So when you see the, the, the movie, The Matrix, you have to understand that a lot of people make their first connections through The Matrix and they have to have a connection and talk through things and be shown a certain amount of um, alternatives for them to be willing to take the, uh, the, the correct pill. And once they take the correct pill, they're able to get to the reality of what life is really about. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the digital connections we're making is just proving that we're in the matrix. And a lot of us are feeling and smelling and realizing there's another alternative that we're supposed to be experiencing. So it's just kind of like our gateway to finally getting to the true need, which is for us to actually connect in person. Yes. Um, I don't I don't think just to um, speak on this point, um, because I'm currently working on trying to build a tribe physically, because there's a huge difference between being digital with the tribe and then physically being around folks and practicing yeah. together. Um, there is a huge difference for sure. And I think there's going to have to be a balance of both. So no, I don't think you could just be fulfilled digitally. I'm finding a lot of us are doing it digitally, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, they're still missing something and they admit it. They're like I'm looking for my tribe. I'm looking for my tribe, but you have thousands and hundreds of people following you on this platform, that platform. These are technically your followers, your tribe, you know, whatever, but, you still feel unfulfilled. So no, you got to have both. Like you got to yeah. get both. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I kind of see that too. And it's, it's such a struggle to try and like talk to people about that. And, okay. you know, because they really want to feel like what they're doing is super meaningful. And I don't want to discount that. Mm -hmm. Like, right. Like I've cool. made friends, obviously like, hi, we're talking right now, but you're in Atlanta. Sure. I'm in Minnesota. This is possible. And sure. you can have a connected conversation with somebody Absolutely, and you can create a meaningful bond. But I always feel like if we take out the touch reality of it all, there's so many layers that we miss. Right. And when I think about Indeed. my philosophy is to try and keep my life erotic. And when I say yep. erotic, I mean to incorporate all of the senses and the dimensions mm, of life. Right. Like, like so all five senses, but also the social dimension, the physical, the spiritual, the mental, mm -hmm. the emotional mm -hmm. and that is always absent within this digital mm. sphere, right? You mm -hmm. can't have the touch physicality, but also it's like there's almost this blockade between true authentic emotionality. Because I think sure. emotion, especially when we when we healthfully express it, is is something that touches us like with an energy. Mm. And I feel like we're just blocked by the screens mm. and that we can't mm. really receive that energy from one another. And mm -hmm. again, that leads to that emptiness and that searching for fulfilling that void that we're feeling when, and, and I get it, we got comfortable, right? It's so easy to just be on the internet. I don't have to go to the bar, right. the bowling alley and, and meet <laughs> people and, and, and COVID scared everyone too. So like right. we were worried about getting sick and germs, but it's like, what did it do to us? And what is it, what is it still keeping us distant from? And it's that, mm -hmm. that real physical, spiritual energy that I feel like we're just totally missing out on. I tell you one thing, because once again, you're very, very, very correct on that particular topic. I, I, you know, I have to, I've got to be in an environment where I can hug you. I can feel your mm -hmm. energy. We can, we can practice together. I mean, that is where the wholesomeness actually comes from. And 
you know, there's ways around it. I think uh, retreats, you know, getting your tribe to kind of all unite once a year or twice a year, um, you know, and then there's, just, you know, but you're right. This is a, this is a physicality. There, there, the spiritual dimension has a physical component to it and the internet is not going to be able to capture that. And I am finding that a lot of folks are lacking social intelligence or they're, and they're also lacking um, the stressors that create spiritual growth. And what yeah. I mean by that is when you're in person, physically having conversations, you can't exit a, a, a dispute or you can't exit a disagreement easily by, you know, just cutting the phone off or hanging up or just walking off the chat. Like you have to physically find a way to rise above the moment. Um, and I'm finding that a lot of people in the digital space are having a very difficult time with that. Like if someone says something they don't like or disagree, um, their whole day is, excuse my language, you know, screwed up. You know, it's 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 ruined because they haven't had the amount of stressors that is required in person. So if someone says something to me in person I don't like, I'm going to have to find a way to breathe and I'm going to have to find a way to cope and deal with it in that moment. Not when you're on the Internet. You can get off, leave, you know, and feel justified in the process, you know. So yeah. um, I hope I make sense on that. I think I think Definitely. there's growth that happens in person. So. Yeah, no, totally appreciate that. I think that too, like, um, yeah, when I think, you know, it started with Facebook for me, I'd started thinking like, would you say that to me in person? Like, would you say that face to face to me? No. Why on earth would you say, I mean, like, what? You know, and I would think this about people I've known 20, 30 years, right? Like mm -hmm. we were in elementary school together. You're talking, would you have said this to my face? And we have removed that social intelligence, also along with emotional intelligence. Mm. <laughs> That's lagging. Um, but I think, unfortunately, I we got too dependent on assuming the school was going to teach us all of this, right? Uh, uh. And so a lot of people don't want to do the work. They're like, I did 15 mm. years of school. I went to college. I got my degree. I'm done. I don't ever <clears throat> have to learn. I learned. They taught me. And I think, well... They taught you the basic structures and, and components that they needed to, to put you into the system that would benefit mm. them. And this doesn't benefit us, right? Like the way they teach us in school that benefits us if we're going to go join the military or going to go get mm -hmm. a job in the real world and in corporate America or in the government or something. But it doesn't teach us anything about like, you know, mutual relation to one another. And mm. we stopped doing the whole mutual recognition like i we no longer see each other as human we dehumanize mm -hmm. we demoralize and mm -hmm. we reduce people into boxes and categories mm -hmm. and it's like we stop seeing the person and the divinity in front of us mm -hmm. and now it's just you're a republican you're a democrat you're a trump mm -hmm. supporter you're a biden mm -hmm. and, and i think is that all we are now we're just minimizing the humanity and the divinity and yep i'm just this label i just check this box and we can decide like either that's good enough for me or that's too much for me and move mm -hmm. on. And we miss out on so many connections because of that. And we also miss out on developing our capacity to engage with people we disagree with. Like we mm -hmm. do not know how to disagree anymore with one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, well said. I mean, I don't know when you were speaking about it, I started thinking about my own experience as a parent, number one, and, and, and my own experience as a student. Um, and you're absolutely right when you speak about the way school teaches us. Like, I mean, 
there's only so much the government um, and certain private institutions can provide um, as far as an education. Um, there's a lot of roles and responsibilities that your guardians, you know, have, but it's so complex sometimes just living. Like it's very, with the cost of living and the things associated with what you have to do, you know, to keep the, the lights on, you know, it, it takes away a lot of the time that you should be using on developing your offsprings, right? Um, me, we're trying to continue progress as an artist, progress as a business owner. I barely have time to give to, you know, my, my offsprings. Um, and if I do give them time, I, I more so want to understand what they got going on and hear their mindset, right? Um, and it takes away so much parenting that I think uh, I could be doing or other folks could be doing. So it's kind of, it's complicated. It's just, it's so hard to live, I feel. In one of the most generous, I guess, countries in the world, why does it feel so hard to survive around here? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I agree with that. And it's also the, when you tell people that life is supposed to be hard, but not this hard, mm -hmm. right? I think we all come into this. I think I thought it too, like graduating, like you have this expectation. I know it all. It better be easy. And if it's not, mm -hmm. I, th I fear that too many people rely on scapegoating and, okay. you know, blaming institutions or systems or mm -hmm. collectives or ideologies rather than just going, okay, this fucking sucks. Thank what can I do? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. what can I do to make it not suck without <clears throat> blaming an entire world that doesn't even know I exist? You know what I mean? And, mm. and what would happen if we all felt empowered to just continue like absorbing as much knowledge as we could, right. Mm -hmm. Rather than needing to be entertained all the time, right. Like entertainment right. is good. I want to be entertained. Sure. I want pleasure obviously, but sure. this dependency we have on entertaining, 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 engage me, give mm -hmm. me attention. And we're not sitting in the present moment. Like I always mm -hmm. think that too, that entertainment mixes and, and, interrupts our ability to just be present and hear the birds sing and watch mm -hmm. the the bees buzz around right and to feel the mm -hmm. grass on our feet we we want this constant entertainment we want this constant attention but we don't want to put in the work to upgrade our knowledge and our capacity mm -hmm. to engage the li the life that we're in we mm -hmm. just want everything kind of just give it to me make it pleasurable make it entertaining or else and <sighs> Yeah, yeah. It's so, and I and I can't just blame this generation. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of our generation is responsible for this as well. But one of the things that I want to harp on, which is what you've already touched on, is this need to be entertained. Um, I find it to be, uh, I don't want to say a shame, but I, I know that, and you probably can relate. When I was in the moment of being like in the now and sustain that right i found that entertainment came naturally like nothing had to force itself upon like mm. i was able to enjoy the birds so i was able to enjoy a walk um literally just by giving it attention because if you think about it when you when you're first starting something something brand new whether it's you're tasting a new food or you're just learning how to drive or you just start a new video game or a new sport you're very much in the present Mm -hmm. And when you're in the presence, you give attention to everything and you have a very erotic experience, meaning all your senses are involved 
in that moment. Therefore, it's extremely entertaining because you're getting stimulated in so many different ways, mm. right? Um, so we now are relying on other things to do that for us. So we want the video to catch our attention immediately. You know, so we want music to catch our attention and get straight to the point. We want food to be so sugary and full of, you know, whatever it needs to be to make it taste good immediately. We don't want to put in any of the work. Um, and it's concerning because what is that? There was a movie that um, Pixar and them did. It was a little robot guy. Wally. Wally, right. That is okay. my jam. My son that only is... watched it 900 times in a year. So <laughs> I know the whole, yes, but yes, exactly. Wally. That's where we're headed. That's where it we is. are headed if we don't get it together. You know, so um, I just wanted to harp on that. Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're giving people way too much power and too much of a need of others to entertain us when we literally could be getting entertained and stimulated every day if we just get in the moment. It's a choice, you know, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is a choice, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So maybe it's, we're substituting with superficial entertainment mm -hmm. rather than just embracing. Like I always think like God, God gave us everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like everything is right here to stimulate. I think about that every time I see a sunset or a sunrise, right? Like this was for us. Like this mm. is art. This is beauty. Mm -hmm. And so rather than seeing the true oh. entertainment, the erotic entertainment that the erotic creator bestowed to us, mm -hmm. we're substituting it with superficial sugary entertainment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well said. Yeah. Well, well, and it's well uh, and it's taken us in a downward spiral, especially in mm -hmm. our American society. And mm -hmm. so the remedy to that, I mean, I feel like is kind of what you're doing is you're seeking out spiritual warriors and you want to create this tribe and did I see mm. you're you're actually trying to create like you're trying to find a place where people can come and actually meet together? It. You do. Mm -hmm. So what yes. so let's talk about that. What's that gonna be like? Sure. And what do you want it to do for your community? Sure. So originally, um, because this is all uh, kind of a a recent phenomenon, right? I mean, it's probably been about a four or five month phase of getting this going, right? Um, I initially started it in a kind of a classroom environment um one of the members asked me a question that really sparked my manifestation abilities i guess she had asked me she was like okay are you choosing this space because this is where you feel we're going to start or are you choosing this place out of desperation like are you choosing this because you're desperate to have a place to go and get this going and as simple as that sounds um it really did something to my brain because I ended up realizing I did it out of desperation and it didn't have the right proper energy, right? So it was a challenge. So we said, okay, the hell with that. We're going to go find an environment that really embraces what we're trying to do. And lo and behold, it took a lot of energy, a lot of meditation, a lot of just belief. But a place called New Harlem, New Harlem Parlor, um, it's, it's a castle, um, essentially. Um, but oh. I was able to negotiate something with them and I have a very large space to, um, sorry, someone just texted me. Um, I have a very large space to uh, host a tribe. So what is happening there is there's going to be uh, group meditations, almost like a, a, a monthly retreat where people will come. Uh, we will do sound healing. We're going to meditate and learn transcendental uh, meditation. Um, there will be massage therapy happening there. It's really a place for people to heal. And we will have discussions on spiritual topics. Of course, we will go live uh, for the tribe members. 
And that's what I um, am envisioning for the tribe. Like when you all come together with us, um, it's a healing session that'll last three to four hours. We're just really cleansing our spirits and getting ourselves recalibrated to go and do life. Um, eventually, I would like for there to be weekly things taking place. And then um, I want to eventually have people coming from all over the country to come be a part of these uh, retreats. But of course, I got to start one block at a time. So right now I have a mansion to host these things. Um, but I want to make sure the numbers make sense as well. Still a small, it's a small tribe. There's, there's about 60 of us um, initially. And I would say in Atlanta, we're looking at about 10 or 15. So I got I to gotta get those numbers up before we start going um, consistently on a weekly basis. So. And this castle is in Atlanta then? Yeah. So it's on the outskirts of Atlanta. So the location is in Gainesville. Okay. So it's about 30, 45 minutes um, from Atlanta. But the, the aesthetics alone, and the way that we plan on approaching it, it's worth the drive. I, just to say this, um, one of the things that I'm keeping in mind, because, you know, when you're growing anything, marketing is still a piece to it. It's nothing, it's nothing weird about marketing. It's just you, you got to know how to communicate the mm -hmm. intentions, right? That's how I see marketing. Um, so I know that if I kept it in the city, um, people aren't going to fully experience uh, the spiritual component of just getting away on the busy world. I suppose because right? Atlanta's big and cluttered and full of people and noise and mm -hmm. traffic. Yeah, you want to give them a, a, a an an environment that feels like I'm not in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. That makes an sense. Experience. Yes, yeah. yes. So the the universe blessed us in a, in a spot where you kind of definitely get taken away from that city lifestyle. You have to kind of travel to it. Um, and once again, my, my whole theme is giving people an experience. When they come to the temple, when they come to these retreats, they're going to have an experience from the drive there to when you come in, the music that we're playing, the, the way it's scented, the way it's coated with smells, the lighting, like everything is going to be an experience for everyone that's uh, going to be worth it in the end. So, Okay. So you said, so sound healing. So this is a mm -hmm. new un, um, understanding to me. Like I think in the last mm -hmm. year or two, I started learning like, oh, wow, that makes sense. Sound can heal. So can you speak a little bit about like what you learned about that and what your experience is with it and how it helps other people? Yeah, so um, certain frequencies um, are able to have some sort of a healing effect. Um, they put you in a trance. I mean, of course, um, if you've ever done um, binaural beats, I don't know if you've ever heard of binaural beats, where you, you listen to certain frequencies. And they're like kind of popping it, different yeah, earphones. Just, and yeah, okay. yeah, it puts your brain waves um, in different um there's certain ways that take place when you're in a trance mm -hmm. and binaural beast tries to put you in that frequency when you're meditating. So it has a healing component to it. Um, there's been a lot of, um, I guess, research that indicates that certain frequencies and certain sounds can cause you to kind of heal and be in a better place. Right. So I am a type of person where I'm a perfectionist. So I like to stay in the areas that I am um, most experienced. So for the sound healing, I've brought in people that's going to take care of those particular areas. But from what I've experienced, because I've had some personal sessions, um, really, really, really enhanced my ability to go in a trance. It felt like getting a massage without actually physically being touched. Uh, the vibrations are so deep uh, with some of the bowls that you could feel it resonating in your body, even clearing up blockage. I mean, it felt 
phenomenal. So what I would say as far as sound healing is certain frequencies will um, definitely um, put you in a state where you can heal yourself, whether it's you doing it, right, or the actual frequency itself, it definitely inhibits that that the position that you need to be in a better place. So Awesome. Yeah, I've heard something similar. Yeah. And then, you know, in regard to principle of portionality, where we have sounds that can heal you, there's also sounds out there and, and music that can put you in a negative state of energy too, right? And yes. really drop your energy down and really oh, we've drain got to talk. you. Let's do that. Let's do that. But I mean, really, because, you know, I remember the, I've heard this about different concert spectacles, Travis Scott and Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. where people go and they have, they feel this negative mm-hmm. shifting of darkness and rage and anger and and it when I I remember reading about that when it all came out and started making me go, do I need to go look through my playlist mm-hmm. and Beyonce? Okay, yeah, I got poor mm-hmm. Rihanna. Like, what do I have to do <laughs> here? But I also did start like listening to like four forty four hertz and yeah, okay. listening to different sounds. And then yeah. I I got myself a brass bowl uh, to to use, okay. and so I sure. really like to use that to kind of clear the energy. But I got my okay. kids involved, right? So we go. I have okay. this whole yoga loft upstairs and so we okay. go up there and I do the bowl thing and I ask them to just sit there and I say tell me if you can feel anything while you're mm-hmm. listening to this right and they all feel something they feel like mm-hmm. my my I got goosebumps right mm-hmm. or I feel like a vibration in my heart and I'm mm-hmm. like okay okay mm-hmm. but yeah we definitely I think I've always been drawn to music right I've always I've always had to have music no matter what I'm doing I I'm not so much a performer or with sure. instruments or anything, but strong appreciation for music. And I've myself even noticed, right? Like if I listen to her, she's my go-to when I'm in a funk and I can listen okay. to certain music and I'm like, I feel better. Um, but then we also should, yeah, I think if you can speak on that too, just in any of sure. your personal experience, to be mindful of avoiding that music that irritates us and and really shifts our energy down into that low frequency. Yeah, no, that is a wonderful, wonderful statement because I consider it my mission. It's actually what aids to my frustrations um, because I made a video not too long ago about, you know, embracing my frustrations. I used to kind of belittle myself and get disappointed in myself because I'm like, oh, you're, you're awakened now. You should be feeling this, you know, um, a lot of different things that you do to yourself. So, I've embraced it. And one of the things that it's uh, something I'm just embracing is the majority of the frequencies from the music industry is definitely lower vibratory frequencies. Like it's designed to put you in a, a lower, a lower state so you could be manipulated. Um, It's not necessarily intentional by the artist per se. I I mean, I'm not in that position with the weekend or Rihanna at the moment. uh, My goal is to get there. Um, but they're well educated on the power of music. But these 808s and certain um, tones that they use, they are designed to put you in a, in a lower frequency, right? Which means you're able to be manipulated. It's kind of like being hypnotized, yeah. Right? If I can, if I can get you in a certain uh, mindset, then I can get you to do certain things. So if you think about what's popular nowadays, because um, I have to play these things. And just a side note, I never listen to what's popular, like. I get agitated when I listen to it. Like if I hear the radio, I have to cut it off. Like I get agitated or if my, my significant other is playing, you know, what's popular. I have to get away from it because I could feel what it really is about naturally. Mm -hmm. Right. So these 
songs, this music is designed to get you to party, get you to drink, get you to be sexual, get you to not care. Yeah. Okay. Um, those are escape routes, which they have their place. But remember, as human beings, we've got to learn to confront and deal with things intelligently. Mm-hmm. We've got to learn to not run from things. We've got to be able to deal with it and learn how to overcome it. Uh, these um, popular things teach you to kind of escape from it, run from it, not give a fuck. We're just going to keep it real, right? Not give a yeah. fuck about it and, and, and go and just do you, right? And it sounds empowering, um, but I, I promise you it's really putting you in a lower state. It's not making you progress and, and vibrate at a higher frequency to overcome a lot of those things. So I personally, as a DJ who is constantly playing this music every weekend, I cannot stomach this music throughout the week. I can't because the vibrations are so low. So in order for us to make a change in this society, in this world, we've got to pay attention to everything. The music that we listen to, the films that we watch, yeah. the foods that we're eating, all of these are vibrations. And a lot of these frequencies, we've got to be aware of how it's having an impact on our minds and on, on our bodies. If that at, at all makes sense, because I'm passionate about that subject. Totally. Yeah. No, I'm on board. I think that too, it's what we put in our body and what we put around our body that can impact mm-hmm. our energy. And if we're not mindful of that, it can really screw with us. So you talked about earlier, like drinking and being sexual. So mm-hmm. are do you not drink? Great question. Um, so for a, a long time period, I did not. Um, but what I have done now is, okay, kind of like the Buddha, right? The the middle way. Um, there's a time and a place for it. Yeah. So this is the way I now have intertwined my spirituality with what I have to do as a living. I think, and even Jesus is a prime example of this. I think when you celebrate certain mm-hmm. accomplishments or certain moments or certain milestones, it's okay to sip some wine or just sip something and just, you know what I'm saying? You're not worried about anything on the outside. You're escaping from all of that. And you're just now focused on what's happening yeah. at the spot and, and what milestone you've achieved. And this is what people do at weddings. They do this at parties and so forth and so on. So I like to only um, entertain drinking if there's a moment that I'm celebrating or just, you know, what I'm saying trying to escape um, a lot of the things that, you know, I have to do on a day to day basis. Um, yeah. I don't do it often. It has to be a, a very strong reason on why I'm doing it. Or my significant other can be like, hey, can you sip some wine with me today or whatever? Yeah, there's some moments, but it's not something I can constantly sustain. Yeah. Um, I promise you, I'll, I'll start to get sick or my body will get irritated or inflamed. And I have to I have to make up for um, those mistakes. And And what I mean by those mistakes, that means if I start to engage what people do normally as far as drinking, right? Some people have a drink every night or some people have a drink every weekend. I can't do that. I'll start to, I'll start to get sick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want it to become too habitual and routine because it messes Mm -hmm. with everything else that you're trying to keep in homeostasis. Mm -hmm. I'm on board with that. I, I did that in my, you know, I, well, I became a mom right away, like 18 and 21. I had kids. Right. And so I didn't get to do the party scene. I was momming it up, but I I remember, I remember I did go through a phase where like me and alcohol were just, we were not doing it right. Like it was like alcohol was screwing with me big time. And so I had to make a conscious choice because like my husband, very responsible, sometime drinker, right? Like I feel like a beer. I worked outside all that kind of thing. Right. And so what I came to discover is I didn't want to give it up all the way. 
although I didn't want to have a dependency on it, but Mm -hmm. I think you're right. We need to be mindful of like when we're using it. And so for me, I was like, what's my intention? Why am I drinking? You know, Mm -hmm. and, and what is going on in my environment? And so I think that like, I agree with that. Like, especially when we think about like Jesus and the Bible, alcohol was used intentionally with celebration. Mm -hmm. And, and Mm -hmm. I think the gist of it was, we're all trying to vibe on the same energy level of love and connection mm-hmm. and celebration, mm-hmm. but too many today do have this dependency on it. Right. And I bar I've barn Ted did for over 20 years. So like, okay. I know what it sure. can do to people. They have no intentionality behind it. It's not to celebrate. It's to forget, right? Most mm-hmm. people come into the bar, they drink to forget. They drink mm-hmm. to get over a bad day. They drink because they're mm-hmm. in a bad mm-hmm. mood. And it's mm-hmm. that that's that intention. You already mm-hmm. have that. And so whenever you're drinking, it's like you're drinking poison because mm-hmm. you're just re that intention is negative and it's low energy and it does drop you down. Um, and yeah, that's, I think, wow. Every show I see, every music video that's trending in the mainstream, drink, 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 drink. Mm-hmm. And alcohol is everywhere and people do it and don't even think about it. Don't mm-hmm. think about intentionality. Don't think about being more sporadic about it. And then this becomes another dependency that I think really just perpetuates that divisive, disconnected mindset with people, right? And then to the point about, sorry, I don't know if you want to speak on that. No, 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 you're fine. Jumping to another topic real quick too. But then that to be oversexual, right? Like Mm -hmm. what in that alcohol has that impact on us. And so do you see that too going on in society that there is this perpetuation of promiscuity and lack of accountability and you know, like you said earlier, you go do you and don't worry about everybody else. Do you think that's also contributing to this whole like matrix mindset and division is, is almost like we dropped the sacredness around sex? Mm-hmm. Well, indeed, um, on that particular component, one of the things that I find interesting, um, because you, you make a very good point, uh, what I am finding, because I'm kind of new to the spiritual community in a sense, right? I've been around a lot of people who have very strong spiritual beliefs and I've had some strong debates, but to actually embrace the spiritual community, TikTok has allowed that to be an actual place where you can actually explore spirituality compared to any other platform. Like mm-hmm. they're so strong on TikTok. Uh, what I have found is a lot of folks who are now spiritual have extremely high sex drives. Hmm. Um, and me being part of that, right? Um, and them feeling guilty about it because they've come from a religious uh, background, something very strict, and they want to be liberated, right? Mm. Um, and in a sense, I would say sometimes they're contradicting themselves about some of the spiritual principles versus how they live their lifestyle, right? So what I mean by that is I think having a high sex drive is a very positive thing. It's a creative energy that can be transmuted into some great areas. Right. So, of mm-hmm. course, when you're very empathetic, connected to the divine, connected to the universe, I will very much believe that it's that spiritual, sexual energy that makes you so compassionate and want to connect to everything. Right. <clears throat> but people are not fully educated on how they're supposed to transmute it. And they still have this mindset of wanting to be liberated from the matrix. Um, so they don't really know how to line it up in a more constructive way, because I have been finding that a lot of the women because um, this is a this is a female driven uh, movement right now, and us men have got to start playing our role in this spiritual awakening. Because right now it's driven by women, and that's fine. Um, 
but what I'm finding is that a lot of women will really be flaunting their bodies. They'll be flaunting, um, you know, freedom of being with men and women. to the people who are caught in the matrix on drugs lost not caring about life like they just they're druggies right they don't they don't give a shit right um a lot of behaviors look similar to the women who are apparently awakened as well um so it's it's really concerning and i think it has to do with still the music and the things that are consuming because a lot of the music that they might put um in some of their messages is that music it's the same it's travis scott it's this new hot, you know what I'm saying, song that might get some some views because it's trending. It's like, it's the same vibratory types of music that they're listening to. And I think that's what's influencing them and making them still promiscuous and, you know what I'm saying, having fun and doing the same things that people who aren't spiritually awakened are doing. Yeah, no, I'm on board with that. I, I see that too. Um, yeah, I think I noticed as I became just more in tune with divinity and being more present and, and mm-hmm. trying to like keep my energy levels just like positive. Uh, it really does have this intoxicating sexualizing effect. Okay. And I think that's because, you know, our bodies are temples, but they also are these pleasurable vehicles that we can use. Mm-hmm. And I can see that. And I just, I know this just coming out of that puritanical kind of evangelical mindset is yeah. We have a tendency as humans to go really extreme, right? So we come uh-huh, from uh-huh. super prudish and in purity mm-hmm. culture. And then it's like you're going over to porno polyamorous. Right. Let's get it on <laughs> in the club with 50 people, whatever, put it sure. all over every sure. single platform. Um, and hopefully it's just people are just trying to figure out like what they haven't experienced and and you know, want to hope that a lot of those people just kind of stabilize and get back to you know, just pay attention to one relationship and and work on that. Um, but there is such an agenda, I feel, to push people to reject monogamy and to reject commitment mm-hmm. and to just, yeah, sex, give it all out willy-nilly. And then, you know, the consequence of that is there's no respect for sex and mm-hmm. there's no sacredness for sex. And then to the point that we also see that, especially within all over the world, sex trafficking and people wanting to include children in these mm-hmm. sexualized situations. And so how do we, you know, it's like, what do we need to do to shift that balance back in and how do we empower people to like be confident and sexual and like have confidence in them- themselves, but to not push it so far to the extreme that you're like, I don't know, Michelle Foucault and freaking Alfred Kinsey kind of mindset. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? What is it that we need to do? What kind of messages do we need to be telling people to be like, it's cool to be sexual and and feel empowered and want to figure stuff out and try new things. But are you still respecting that temple that is your body Mm -hmm. and being mindful of like who you're letting into worship? Yeah, no, that's it's it's such a powerful um topic because I think there is still a strong miseducation about the sexual urge and the sexual drive. Once again, like there's a stigma to it. Like you're in the Bible belt, there's a huge restriction on sex until you're married or, you know, 
or even if you're not religious, it's still like, oh, you know, she's a hoe or he's a pimp or whatever the case is yeah. when they have so much sexual um, involvement, right? So I think there's still a strong stigma being very sexually promiscuous. Um, and then there's also a strong miseducation on what to do with the the drive that you naturally have. So you feel guilty. It's like a person who's addicted, like they, they're in a cycle, right? That they make the mistake of using the substance to cope, right? And then once it wears off, they feel bad that they use the substance to cope. So then they take the substance again, so they don't have to feel bad for using the substance, mm -hmm. right? So it's like a, a, a continuous cycle. So that's how I feel about the topic of sex is that a lot of us have strong sex drives. We feel guilty for being that way. Um, we're tired of feeling guilty. So we engage in it because we want to be liberated, right? So we do it, right? And then we might feel bad about it or we don't want to be just. So it's like, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going to do me or whatever the case is. And they never learn how to transmute it in a constructive way. Um, there are consequences for being that sexually promiscuous. I know personally. Mm -hmm. um, you get drained. Um, you 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 don't respect your body as much. You don't consider it a temple, and you create these 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 patterns, and it's hard to break out of it. But I think people need to stop being stigmatized for having a strong sex drive, mm -hmm. and they need to be educated on how they can use that energy. And until we get to that point, I think we're going to be stuck in this 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 particular place right now, where people are just having sex, not caring. You know what I'm saying, and um, kind of contradicting themselves. Because they say they're spiritually awakened or this or that, but they look no different than the girl that just came out of the club um, lost mm -hmm. in life. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Yeah, totally. So just out of curiosity, what do you think like a, a proper, healthy, like sexual education would look like? Like just off the top of your head, what would you want? What If you could teach something, what would you want to tell people? Um. I want people to um, to actually verbalize, like counseling, like verbalize. What do you feel when you're turned on? Like, I want people to be very aware. And if they can go into that mindset of what does it feel like to be turned on, they can be very connected um, to their urges. Right. Because it's kind of like, once again, I'm relating it to an addiction because uh, one of my uh, long term significant others was addicted. And it was one of the toughest things I've ever had to deal with. Right. Um and what I learned about addictions is until you embrace that you're addicted or until you embrace what state you're in, you're not going to do anything about it. Whether that's anything, a narcissist or whatever, until you recognize that you got a problem, you're not going to do anything, right? So first thing is being in touch with your sexuality. What what turns you on? What does it feel like? Which parts of your body get stimulated, you know? Um, and first, once you get educated about what it is that, you know, stimulates you, um, then I want to um, have a discussion about Okay, well, do you feel that way when you, you know, walk, you know, in the park? Or do you feel that way when you listen to certain music? Like what other things can put you in a state similar to that? Right. Give them some alternatives. Um, and the more we have these conversations about how you're stimulated, right, what you end up realizing is, once again, there's options. There's other coping mechanisms besides getting in the physical act. Um one of the things, just to be transparent, um, when I was extremely sexual um, promiscuous, um, and this was for years, this was after my first divorce, I lost value of women. Uh, I looked at them as objects, and I know personally, um, and I had a very high uh, body count, and one of the things that I thought was going to happen is that I was going to feel good and fulfilled and um, feel like I conquered things, right? But what it ended up turning to be um, is like a person who's really hungry. And they consume a lot of junk food, 
and you get an extremely high experience at the moment. But after a while, you feel unnutritious, you feel drained, you feel disgusting because it didn't have any real nutrients. Right. Mm. Um, that is what I find to be the case for majority, if not all of people that I know that are pr promiscuous, where you're actually looking for it to be stimulated. You think you're going to find in sex, but honestly, you might need that in traveling or certain conversations might stimulate you more or maybe massages mm. or healing. There's other ways to get stimulated. And it's all coming from the same place, that sexual drive. So I hope I'm making sense. So one, get in touch, have conversations about what stimulates you. And then two, talk about other things that might stimulate you. And eventually you'll realize you have other options besides engaging in sex. Um, and I think those are the two strong places to kind of start um, as far as a conversation on the topic. Um, I don't want to go too deep. No, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's um, great advice, actually, because I see that, you know, verbalizing what you're feeling kind of falls in line with what a lot of people struggle with is even like owning their want and saying what their want, but then okay. taking it to that other layer of verbalizing what you feel. But I really appreciate that. I never even thought about it like that before is to think about how this feels and to see if you can't find fold that into other layers of dimensions of life and also have that same pleasurable stimulating experience and kind of go, oh, it's not just sex that I'm looking for. It's just a connection to this sensation and, and a connection to this. And I, yeah, I really appreciate that. I never would have even thought about it that way. Can, I, can I share this in. too? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then I'll let you carry on. One of the things that's been crazy for me, and I'm talking personally, is that because I have an extremely high sex drive, right? I find that having conversations with the opposite sex or even other men that is extremely stimulating. Like you have some questions that gets asked that makes you like have to think out of this atmosphere, right? Or you mm -hmm. feel a connection or the conversation is so welcoming and so warm. It is satisfying, similar to making love, right? Um, I would have never found that to be a way of <clears throat> transmuting that high sex drive right until I started asking myself these questions like, well, what does it feel to be you know, turned on? And so I went down that process. Okay, well, are there other things? Well, I don't know, music when I'm on stage, like, you know, certain poetry, certain, you know, and then now I found out, hey, it's having conversations. It's so, you know, it, it, it relieves so much sexual tension yeah. that's, that's built up. Whether I'm attracted to the other person or not, it doesn't matter. It's just that that experience stimulates you in a way that's very uh, constructive compared to actually engaging in sex. So um, I was just sharing that, like sometimes conversations like this does it. You know, I know, right? So, I know, I know. Why do you think I do the podcast? Yeah, <laughs> I get off. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, real talk. I do right? though. It so, does. It gets you high. You and and you're widening your view and your perspective by like hearing someone else's. That you're like, oh shit, there's another layer of life that I never even would have considered, and now it's folded into like my archive. And so I think with that, what I really appreciate about conversation is it creates connection, but it also, it widens our perspective and it helps us, I think, empathize and be willing to understand other people more, right? Because we have all these experiences with different people and it's kind of like that transformative quicksilver of arrows and to a, to a degree with that, that fiery passion. And it can help you, I think, just be more accepting of differences and different people in diversity. And then you realize like, 
how delicious diversity is and mm-hmm. how much you need disagreement and a little bit of pushback and a little bit mm-hmm. of, well, someone else lived this experience and this happened and you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa. whoa. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I think that's awesome. So yes. we're, we're wrapping up here. I want to be mindful of sure. your time. Sure. But sure, before sure. we head out, if you could just tell the listeners like the best way to connect with you to, to know what you're doing, your music um, sure. and, and to find out more about this tribe that you're building and how they can connect sure. with you physically in Atlanta. If you wouldn't mind just throwing Absolutely. out all your contacts that you want. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, I'm on every, um, you know, social media platform. The two strongest right now is uh, TikTok for the spirituality. Um, of course, I have a large following on Instagram, but I would say the the best way to find me is definitely going to be TikTok at uh, three, and that's T H R E E three the entertainer. That is my handle. You can find me on all the all the platforms. Um, so definitely find me, send me a message. I love to connect. Um, of course, you can also email me at three the entertainer at gmail dot com. I have a website three the entertainer dot com. Um, so whatever platform you can find me on, send me a message, definitely connect. Um, I would say, you know, what, what everything that's happening right now, there's there's so many different directions that people are contacting me. Um, so me and my small little team are being aware of all the DMs. And but it might take a couple of weeks to get so. back from you. Yeah. I know from it experience, might, you know, so I'm sitting here like patiently, like I want this guy on my podcast, but nope. <laughs> So, and then I'll make sure I, for everyone who's going to look at the show notes, I'll put all the links so people can reach out and connect with you. Three, thank you so much for sharing space and taking time to do this recording with me. I wish you all the success on the tribe that you're building and your mission. And I hope that you can find more spiritual warriors to help awaken people to break out of the matrix. Thank you. And thank you for this opportunity. This was very fruitful and I learned something new by trying to live an erotic life like i really love that term thank you um and i think this conversation was very uh, stimulating so greatly appreciate you all right thank you we have a wonderful day you too take care thank you Bye.